0: Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Alright friends, we're gonna, there we go, we're gonna get rolling, we're gonna get back to business. The very serious business of church. That was a joke. It's too hot. You're all (laughs) past your due date. Uh, How are you friends? Uh, My name is Daniel. I'm the pastor over at Awaken East. Um, uh, You know, sitting out here, I had this thought that has nothing to do with uh, just about anything. Uh, Sometimes I feel like we make church far more complicated than it needs to be. We got some chairs. um, We sang some songs. We're going to listen and read scripture. We're going to come to the table together, and then we're going to go down to the water for baptism. And I'm sitting here looking out going like, man, like... This is simple and this is good. This is just uh, just as it should be. Uh, all right, well, okay, here we go. So here we are. we're together, we're outside. We're in God's creation. We are sitting in green pastures. We are next to quiet ish waters. And sometimes life doesn't feel like this, sometimes the skies aren't blue, sometimes it's cloudy and shadowy, but every day, whether we have to do it by will, we stand and we seek to put our trust in the one who loves us, the one who shepherds and guides our life. And so we're here together this morning. We're here together, we're two communities, but we're one community, awakened community. There's one on West 7th. You guys can, hi, yeah, I got 50 more minutes of this, so, um, and then uh, our new baby community Awaken East over on the east side. That's kind of embarrassing for the West 7th crew, Uh, but I ain't going to give you a chance because, you know, Um, we are here together. We want to be people that walk in the hope that God is restoring all things. We want to be awake to the good work that God is doing so we can participate in it. Not just watch it from the sidelines, but participate in what is happening all around us. And we're here at the river this morning because we want to celebrate and mark new beginnings. The first primary basic steps for us as we follow Jesus is, um, through the sacred act of baptism. Before we go down to the water, I want to uh, paint a picture of baptism. Because sometimes I think we, um, feel like maybe we've lost the the imagination of, of what it can be. It's water. And if you think about it, uh, this city life was built by this river because the river brought life. It makes things green. There's When it was clean, you could eat the fish from it. It allows food and stuff to move. Water makes, uh, can make us clean. It can bring new life. Life begins in water. When we come out of our mother's wombs, we have been surrounded by water. Water is this potent picture of life, of new beginnings, and it's part of the beginnings for those of us as we follow uh, Jesus. So in, uh, in preparation, a group of new believers have kept vigil the entire night. Together they had studied, prayed, read, and fasted, a habit they had come to know together for the last 40 days. It's Easter morning, and the day has come. The rooster crows, and they are being let out. They're anointed with oil. They're asked if they renounce the Satan and his evil works. And then one by one they're led into the water. First the little children go. Then the men. Then the women. Then the pastor, the priest, the father asks them three questions. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? I believe. And they were dipped. And they would come back up. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son? Our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, buried, and on the third day God rose him from the dead. And they would respond, I believe. And they would be dipped again, baptized under the water. And then a third question Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, and the resurrection of the body? I believe. They would be dipped a third time, baptized. After this moment, they would be uh, led again back to the church, back to the community, where they share for the first time together in the Eucharist feast, which was not just bread and wine. It was bread and wine and milk and honey. And then after this moment, they were sent out into the world to do good works, to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as themselves, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to give the thirsty a drink. This was the liturgy of baptism that the early church practiced. Um, And it's not unlike ours. We gather together, we sing, we pray, we read scripture. Later we'll come to the table and we'll celebrate the crucified and resurrected Messiah. We'll go to the water. We renounce evil works in our lives. At the end, if you brought stuff to picnic, we'll feast together. So just like us, the fathers and mothers of the church, uh, baptism was more than just an obedient response, a box you would check if you wanted to follow Jesus. It was a potent symbol, a sacrament, expressing the truest reality that God was present with and at work in and through and among God's creation. Their understanding of baptism was imaginative and scripturally immersive. This is how one of my favorite uh, historian theologians Alexander Schmiemann says it. He says, they understood that in baptism they were placed into a radically new relationship with all aspects of life and with the world itself. In baptism they received a radically new understanding of their life. Baptism was the starting point and also the foundation of following the way of Christ which was an entire philosophy of life. Baptism gave them a permanent sense of direction, guiding them firmly throughout their existence. It was a door that led them into their new life and provided them power to fight for this new life's preservation and growth in them. By the way, if you ever um, feel like our modern... Western Christianity is a little dull and drab, maybe a little co-opted. Might I recommend you read things 300, 400, 500 years older, read the reformers, read Luther, uh, read um, our Pietist forebearers, read some of the church fathers like Athanasius, Gregory of Nyssa, their imagination, the way they held this and followed the way of Jesus is, for me, has given me so much life to reimagine what it could be like. All right, so a couple observations first. the early church brilliantly understood that uh, that our participation in the death and resurrection of Jesus was part of baptism. Uh, so they wisely planned to do baptisms on Easter Sunday. Does that sound like a good idea or a bad idea? If I told you that I've tried to do that for like the last four or five years anywhere that I've been, would you think I would? Would that have been successful or failure? You can say things. It's cool it failed horribly because you know what nobody wants to do nobody wants to get in the water in their sunday best and nobody's sunday best is a swimsuit so anytime i've pitched hey let's do like the early church did let's do baptisms on easter everybody looks at me like i'm an alien like i am a crazy person but it's a brilliant idea because that would mean every year you come to easter not only do you remember the death and the resurrection the new life of christ you remember you stepping into it in your baptism every year like clockwork their plan reveals their understanding that these two things are absolutely and critically connected to be baptized into the way of Christ into the family of God means that we believe in the resurrection of Christ and in our resurrection So that's the first thing, they understood this as our participation in the death and the resurrection of Christ. The second, they understood baptism not just to be this one thing that happened after Jesus, but they understood baptism to be part of the whole ongoing story of scripture. They used the apostles' creed, or what would be the seeds of the apostles' creed, or the tradition of the apostles, in the very act of baptism. You recognized it, right? It's not just a thing you say to be in the club, it's a story we believe in. It's a story that translates to something we think about, to how we live. If we believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, then how we live on this earth should, could, might be different. They understood it as a part of the whole story. The creed recalls the whole story of God's redemptive work in this world from beginning to the restoration of all things. But more than that. So the, um, the night of the vigil, they'd stay up late. Vigil means they'd stay up late and they'd pray uh, on, on Easter Eve. Not Christmas Eve, Easter Eve. They'd stay up late and they would read scripture and they would pray. And um, the stories they read tell a whole lot they read the creation narrative in the beginning God created the heavens of the earth and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters they read the story of Noah and the flood they read the story of the crossing of the Red Sea the story of how the Israelites crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan they read the story of Jonah and the whale they read the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones which isn't really a story about water but if something's dry what does it lack water so that as these new participants in the life of Christ would go to the waters of baptism, they would remember the whole story. They would remember that God's people have always gone to, in, and through the water, and that new life is always on the other side of baptisms. The third thing... Is that they understood that baptism was the beginning of new life you couldn't go through the process of baptism and come out on the other side the same now that doesn't mean you come out on the other side complete finished done perfect not still in process but transformation was part of what it meant to be baptized we move from death to life we move from darkness to light we move from enemies to friends the old way of living was God apart from creation. But in this final, this final action of baptism, the final action of the baptism liturgy, it wasn't like a high five or a card you got or a badge you'd put on your jacket. The final action of the baptism was ascending to go out and live it. This is actually what it says. This is from, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. And when these things are done, let each hurry to do good works to please God and to live properly, being devoted to the work of God's church, putting into action what they have learned and progressing in piety. Baptism didn't just make them right with God, but commissioned them to live into the life of Christ. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Friends, we don't go down to the waters of baptism to be saved. We go down to the water stepping into God's creative, redemptive story. Baptism is not salvation. Baptism is the first of many steps of living a redeemed life. Where when we step in, we remember that just like at the beginning, the Spirit of God hovers over the inky blackness of the waters of life, bringing life and light where there was none. We remember that it's listening and faithfulness that brings Noah through the great flood. We remember that it was lonely and frightened Hagar who meets God in the wilderness at a well of water. We remember that pursued by power and empire the, and the sword, the children of Israel safely passed through the waters of the Red Sea on dry ground. A dry baptism. And a feat repeated for the next generation as they pass from the wilderness into Canaan between the waters of the Jordan. Running from God, Jonah is tossed into the chaotic waters, swallowed by a great fish for three days. And then he prayed, he repented, he turned and God saved him. We remember that Jesus the Messiah went down to the river to meet his cousin John, to be baptized. And there as he stepped in, God's spirit descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved, I'm pleased with him. Listen to him. It's at a well that Jesus meets a thirsty, lonely woman. She feels seen. Jesus walks on and calms the stormy water. Crucified, he was swallowed by the earth. And on the third day, God resurrected him from the grave. We go down to the water following Jesus and his kind invitation for us to live in God's love. Because the stories, there are stories. When we come to the waters of baptism, we, come, we see two things hold hands. We see water, a thing that God created, a created thing. We see it put to work with God's words, with God's spirit. And we see them together invite us in to new life. Creation isn't bad. Creation is being redeemed. Creation is being used to do new life, to do good things in us and for us. We go down to the water because our stories can find a new beginning there. But before the water, we're going to come to the table together. I... uh, I think this is actually kind of interesting um, to think about. So, um, as Protestant people, okay, not that big of a deal, but we we basically um, say that we have two sacraments or two sacred things that combine God's Word, God's Spirit, and stuff. Does that make sense? And the stuff is used to tell a story to invite us into life. So we have baptism, which is water and this new life this this cleansing and when you think of baptism I just always think of a bath simple right so this is a thing we're asked to do we're asked to take a bath and the second one we have the second sacrament uh, in, in our tradition is is the Eucharist or communion or coming to the table which is food and if we think of God as a good father who takes care of his kids what are two basic needs maybe the two basic needs That you don't stink. Amen? Anybody else got young teenagers? Mm -mm. To be clean and to be fed. If we look at this picture we see God's kindness and care for us in these two moments. The waters of baptism that clean us and the food at the table true food real food the body of Christ broken for us so we come to the table this morning and we remember that the night Jesus was betrayed he was sitting down he was reclining with his disciples remembering and celebrating the Passover story and at a certain time in the meal he took the bread and he broke it and he said this is my body which is broken for you. And then later on in the meal, he took the cup and he gave it to each of them and then he said, drink, this is my blood which is poured out, which is shed for you. All those who were gathered around his table, all those who would come. Find us online at www.erachandcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community. Or on Twitter at Awaken Community. See you next time. time.